Today's podcast is sponsored by Green Mountain Dental Group. We've had several DNVR listeners switch over to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years and make them their permanent family dentist. Those listeners have personally reached out and let us know how great their experience was and have thanked us for leading them to such a wonderful practice. There's honestly nothing more rewarding than hearing that from our listeners, so please tell us about your experience if you made the switch. If you don't know, Green Mountain Dental Group is in Lakewood and they're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area, as well as extreme Colorado sports fans just like us. So head on over to Green Mountain Dental Group today and schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam to get yourself a free Sonicare toothbrush. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. Use code DNVR when you sign up to get yourself a bunch of amazing odds boosts. This week's DraftKings pick of the week, we're sticking with hockey, we're going with the Avs, and we're going to take them to win the division. Is there a bit of an underdog right and now? Vegas at plus 105 over there for DraftKings, but the Avs at plus 235, some pretty good value for a team that is starting to catch up, starting to track down that Vegas team. Still a lot of hockey left to go, not even at the halfway point of the season, too. So some good value on the Avs there. Jump on it today over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DNVR when you sign up. You can bet on the Avs, you can bet on the Nuggets, you can bet on Rockies and Broncos, too bunch of amazing odds boosts every single day as well so get in there jump on it today with DraftKings Sportsbook Colorado only 21 or older required must be a new member for amazing odds boosts including that DNVR code when you sign up again see DraftKings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 I'm your host Rudo joined by AJ Hayfley the bad news is everyone's still injured. We have no timeline on at all. The good news is... Yes! Show's over. Back <laughs> it up. We're done. They don't care, why do we? Let's get out of here. Easy we got a huge go. snowstorm this coming this weekend, and I'd like to prepare for it by curling up in bed and going back to sleep. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? I have to move right before the snowstorm, so I'm actually I'm really I'm really excited for you to move during the snowstorm. No, we got it switched to Friday morning now, oh, so we're gonna my like, man. just sneak by. <laughs> give the lady props because yep. good job, good job by her. That was definitely her. <laughs> oh yeah, one hundred percent her. <laughs> I didn't do anything. Uh the good news for the Avs is that Nathan McKinnon is no longer among the ranks of the dead. Back, full practice today. He has risen. He has risen once again. <laughs> um, look, I, this show, I think we're going to dive into a lot about Nathan McKinnon because I think everybody knows that he's critically important to the Avalanche. Is he good? He might be good at hockey. I'm not sure. I saw somebody in our comments last night complaining that he wasn't in the top 20 in scoring so that... We should we should get over the fact that he's not in the lineup. What? Yeah, truly, that was a comment on our show last night. Okay. Uh, anyway, at least part of today's show is going to show you guys just how ridiculously important Nathan McKinnon is to the Colorado Avalanche, and you know their whole thing that they got going on right now. Their whole thing that they've got going on. I'm. Yep. 
their whole thing. It's it's <laughs> it's pretty crazy how much of it is actually just centered around Nathan McKinnon being good at hockey. So Yo, Nathan McKinnon's being outscored by Jeff Petrie. Wow. And Quinn Hughes. All right, now take out every single player above him in the Canadian division, and who's he being outscored by, like Patrick Kane? Well, it's also important to note that those guys have five more games played than him. Mm, And in the case of Quinn Hughes, it's ten more games played. Oh, my goodness. So maybe when we sort by points per game, yeah. um, we we, We do look at that games played number a little bit more often. Miko Rantanen's 19th in the NHL in scoring. Somehow, all by himself. He's the only guy in the league at 25 points right now. That's weird. Odd, yeah. <laughs> Unusual, to say yeah, the least. It's so random. Like, nobody else. There's a bunch of guys with uh, 24 and 26, but one guy with 25? All righty. Yeah, look at that. There's like three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten players by points per game. Ten players ahead of McKinnon that are not in the Northern Division of goal scoring only. And it also helps that I think that's the only division that hasn't experienced a shutdown of any kind. Yeah, also so true. A lot of their teams have like massive games played advantages, and of the guys really in the top ten in scoring, dude, some real surprises in there though. Yeah, it's like Andre Kopitar back from the dead again revitalized yeah alex de brincat like you knew de brincat last year with his like eight even strength goals that wasn't going to continue but this is crazy and then brock besser what yeah what like, that's crazy i'm not even saying that i'm not gonna say that the 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 north division sucks i don't think it sucks i think it's just like every other division, there's a bunch of deeply flawed teams. The I, shared flaw among Canadian I, teams is just bad yeah, defense. I don't think the North Division sucks either. I think their defense sucks. Yeah, I mean, well, and the, how many great goaltenders do you have up there? None. The I guess Hellebuck, maybe, yeah. The one guy that you would, you would, yeah, Hellebuck, obviously, the Vesna winner. That's it. After that, it's like... Carrie Price, but everybody's like, look, on any given night, Carrie Price can be Carrie Price. Yeah. Or he can be the guy that he's kind of been the last few years. You know, and then like Freddie Anderson's like solid, but he's not so good that he's able to bail them out of that defense all the time. It's yeah. cr- I mean, it's just like like Jacob Markstrom, solid. Jacob Markstrom perfectly Philip Grubauerian level of goaltender. It, but that team, that team has way more problems. Yeah, Mark, I mean, uh, the teams at the bottom of the Canadian division have a lot of issues. But yeah, well, I mean, I haven't checked in a few days, but Ottawa had two of the three worst goaltenders for a while there. Yep, Yikes. it was it was uh it was big bad. I Hogberg's still the worst in the league, right? So, uh, well, I don't know. Where's Hunter Miska these days? Last I checked, Hogberg was point zero zero two behind Miska. Uh, yeah, Hunter Miska is now seventh worst, and Hogberg is fourth worst. Okay, Craig Anderson, by the way, a guy that a lot of people are like, Craig Anderson, go get Craig Anderson from Washington. He's third worst. Bad, yeah. Well, and the I say that, but these other guys, uh, Vanny Vavalevin and this guy from Calgary, they, they don't even have starts, they have Stegadoolin, yeah, they have one game played in relief, yeah. <laughs> They have they have relief appearances that were very brief and did not like Vayner Lehman faced four shots and let one goal in, so he's got the worst save percentage. Like some filters need to be applied here. Yep, for sure. So yeah. The goal situation is certainly interesting. Uh I'm sure one will continue to talk about indefinitely. At least until we have more news on Pavel Francouz. But yeah, where is Matt Murray on this list? Oh yeah, eight eighty-five save percentage. Ooh, that's bad. That's bad. Dude, look at Huso, bad. Carter Hutton, bad. Martin yeah, Jones, Jones. Oh, Aaron Dell is another one of those guys that we were like, oh, the Avs should totally claim this guy off waivers. So far, that's not going well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he hasn't played a game for Edmonton yet, has he? Because he has to quarantine. So we'll see. 
if things change. I, you know, Kapo Kakinen shouldn't be a big surprise. I told people before the year, he was the AHL goaltender of the year, and behind that defense, he was going to have a chance. I'd... Kakinen's good. He's on, what, a seven-game winning streak, like, individually right now, though? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, you always wonder, do. like, yeah. <laughs> you're 14 games into a career. It's like, mm-hmm. How real is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. We'll see on Kakinen, but uh, yeah, Minnesota's crazy. Their their season is pretty hinging on Kakinen and Kaprizov. Well, it's I mean, it's it's contingent on some things continuing to happen at very, very, very high levels, which yeah. are tough to maintain across an entire season. So we'll, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I agree. There, I had this conversation in the DNVR lounge the other day a little bit as well, which, by the way, if you're not subscribed to the DNVR.com, go do it and get it on the lounge. Come say hi. But the one thing that Minnesota has that's going for them is there's no way their power play can stay this bad. They're rocking a 6.9 nice percent power play right now, yeah. <laughs> which is just you could not try and have a better power play than that. So. Yeah, um, that's, I mean, again, the, these the folks who think Colorado's power play is a problem. Yeah. And then you have that, and it's just like. There are multiple other teams flirting with a single-digit power play percentage. Yeah. And it's, it's yikes, <laughs> to yeah. say the least. I mean, if Colorado sits, if, if they roll at the 23.6% that they're at right now, I'm fine with that all year. Uh, funnily enough, this actually plays into one of my graphics on the actual topic of the show today. Uh, Nathan McKinnon coming back. Kind of a big deal for the Avs power play, as it turns out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Avs score at more than twice the rate. Yeah, the so for our, our podcast yeah. listeners, we've got a couple of uh, graphs up on the screen right now that shows... Colorado's power play offense with McKinnon uh, creates an expected goals for per 60 at 10.48 per uh, per 60. And then without him, it's 4.48 per 60. So a huge difference. It's it's a universe of difference here. And the, the quality of opportunities goes up so, so, so much just by putting Nathan McKinnon on the ice for the power play. And if you look at the without McKinnon graph and you see the big purple blob where they don't get shots from, guess who stands in that spot? Oh, it's Nathan McKinnon. Who would have seen this coming? (laughs) So it's incredibly straightforward how much better the Avs power play gets with Nathan McKinnon on. And and honestly, the Avs power play hasn't been that bad. Like, No. I mean, it's... It's what four combined seconds from two or three more goals than this year from, from tacking a couple more on there. So, and really it just had that one really bad stretch where it went like over 20 across seven games that was broken up by the COVID can by the COVID pause. And then they came back and were against Vegas for their first four games. And you're just like, this is kind of a tough circumstance here. This is, this is a, it's a bad confluence of events. Yeah, it, that was the only really down streak for it, and they've gotten by without McKinnon. With McKinnon, I mean, it's just a this whole podcast, everything we're going to point to is like, yep, turns out the Avs are, in fact, a completely different beast with Nathan McKinnon in their lineup. Yeah, which, of course, everybody knows, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm actually excited to put up that player card that we've got for him because we can talk about the one yeah. thing that they've really been missing all year yep with everybody not yep. even just with nathan mckinnon not with brandon sod but uh yeah true. i do want to get to this i do want to take our first period break first however so we are mm-hmm. sponsored in fact by breckenridge brewery the official beer of dnvr some of those numbers look fantastic just like the breckenridge seltzer go out there find yourself some breck seltzer because it's delicious if you haven't tried it yet I've recommended it to everyone I know because it tastes like candy. Candy that gets you drunk. 
What what better could you possibly imagine? Find the Breck Beer Seltzer near you with the Breck Beer Locator online. Should be available at a local liquor store near you if they're not sold out. I know Ali Monroe had some trouble finding some because everywhere is sold out of them. So if you find it, get your hands on it. And we are also sponsored by Gabby Insurance. We're looking for ways to save money all the time, right? You are, I am, everybody is. So let me ask you this. How do you like, how would you like to keep an extra $961 a year in your pocket? That's how much Gabby customers save per year on average on car and home insurance. That's why when I was shopping for car insurance, guess what? I'm looking for Gabby. We're moving right now. I'm going to get, uh, I'm going to get my apartment renter's insurance from them. So jump on it. Take a look probably will save you a lot of money. They take the pain out of shopping for insurance by giving you an apples-to-apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers, including Progressive Nationwide and Travelers. So no matter what you're looking for, they will give you a fair shake. Visit them today at Gabby.com. That's G-A-B-I.com slash D-N-V-R. Second period of the D-N-V-R Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's bring back up that graphic. Nathan McKinnon is special. <laughs> these are these are great numbers, except for the ones that clearly aren't. Yeah, and the finishing and the goals for sixty are obviously directly tied in together. Yep, because they generate a metric ton of chances with Nathan McKinnon on the ice. They've just struggled to finish this year. Yeah, I. We talked last night kind of briefly towards the end of the show about player shooting percentages and uh, how this year a lot of the guys that you would expect to have good shooting percentages are are struggling. You know, Nathan McKinnon's shooting 6.4% this year. Yeah, it's it's ridiculously low. And and just to back up your point, you can see how how good his relative expected goals for percentage is. It, it's not like the chances are low quality. It's not like the system isn't giving them opportunities to score. They're just not finishing them. Yeah. The difference between expected goals for at 94% and finishing at 11%. It's just, that's, there's just a ton of problems there and putting the puck in the net. And like, look, like this is, this is a team wide issue this year. And what's weird is that if you go and you dig through some of the numbers, some of the team wide numbers, Colorado's done a better job this year than they did last year of creating quality chances. Yep. The the idea that they just settle for shots from the point all the time, it's it's less true than it was last year and they're finishing at a lower rate. Yeah, I, I, I I that's a thing like look, we're we're 20ish games into the season, a little over 20 games into the season. Things like this happen in 20 game stretches. Like yeah, they it's sort of just that way. I I think that's one of the most interesting conversations to have because it's not that the Evs don't take shots from the point. They do take plenty of shots from the point, but people seem to just forget all of the opportunities that the Evs create, particularly on the rush. We see four, five, two-on-ones, breakaway-style opportunities for the Avs regularly every single game, and they just aren't finishing those opportunities for the most yeah, part. Everybody loves Matt Calvert, but last night, nobody wants to talk about the fact that he put a breakaway right into anti-Ranta's pads. Yep. Like, was not a particularly competitive breakaway. And, like, Matt Calvert's, like, not a guy where you're, like, you're not expecting him to score on all of those, sure. Yeah, but at the same time, look at the difference between the Logan O'Connor breakaway the game before. He comes down, he picks a, he picks, picks a spot, and he just shoots at it. Matt Calvert tries to make three moves and burn the guy, and it's like, really? You couldn't just, simple stupid sometimes? Yeah, yeah, you couldn't have just tried to shoot for the thing? Like, we've seen you be successful in your entire career just shooting at stuff. It is one of those things, too. And the longer – there are some exceptions. Brandon Saw, Jonas Donsko, guys we talked about a little bit the other night. Mm-hmm. But for the guys that aren't finishing, the longer it goes on, it certainly the more it gets in their heads, right? We, we've seen what can happen when Val Nachushkin finally 
you know, broke out of the his inability to score an effective goal, and he's popped off for the last handful of games. Yeah. But I mean, confidence is an amazing thing. Yeah. A, drug. A, how many dudes on the abs have that cork in the bottle that they got to just they got to get it out and to get going again? Because it certainly does feel I, I think especially look at the first periods over the last handful of games and it just feels like the abs are gripping their sticks way too tight. Yeah. And every time, every time they have a game where, I mean, the, the Anaheim game should have been a, the, the, the overtime yeah. loss to Anaheim should have been one of those games where look, they scored four goals and they looked like an offensive engine. Once they got going, Yep, they looked normal. They looked like the abs that we were expecting to see. All of the lines were were contributing. Everybody was helping out. They were all they were all doing their thing, and then you know immediately after that, it's right back to just trying to grind out goals here and there, and not being able to get that third goal. Their inability to get the third goal a lot this year is it, it's a three goal league. More yeah. often than not, getting the three, you win. been that way for uh, a very long time right now so nhl league averages for 2021 2.96 goals per team per game that's three on the nose basically so you get to three you should win a hockey game uh it's it's kind of weird for the abs right because uh, partially them not getting to three as of late has been because they don't get the start that they're looking for. Take last night's game against Arizona. Yeah, look, the Arizona side of it was nonsense goals. The Avs, it felt like they played well. It didn't even feel like they 100% played well for the last two periods of the game and for the first, honestly. But it's a lot easier to get to three when you start with one instead of having to do the whole load in the last half of the game. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, like this, this stretch that they're in, um, where they, they're giving up a bunch of goals in the first period, like they had, that had not been happening. Yep. More often than not, they were finishing first periods tied at zero. Yep. It, it's this weird convergence this year where the Avs have scored the first goal of the game quite a bit outside of this last little stretch, but the first period still consistently felt like there was more to give offensively for the hockey team. Thank you for the super chats, by the way. I'm not putting up either of those questions on screen because one of them is a mega bonk and the other one is just not accurate. <laughs> yeah, Jared Benner's not on the hot seat. No. <laughs> so done. Yep. That question not, answered. We're not we're not there yet. Um I think they're I think they're building towards there being a problem if they don't put together like a like a seven three and one stretch or something um then like the more that they they kind of feel like they're stuck in neutral it sure. builds it, like it, yeah it that conversation question, builds but especially it, when you play 13 of 15 at home you need to have a good stretch and right now that home stand is you're off to a one one and one start it's been a slow start, but there are other factors there too, right? This is what this podcast is about. They're getting Nathan McKinnon back. Games look a lot more winnable with Nathan McKinnon in the lineup if you're Jared Bednar. Yeah. I would also, just as a just as a, a thing that I have found to be curious, um, the people that want to like drill the goaltending but then what magically think that these really good defensive performances with a bunch of AHL players, how many other coaches are going to be able to get that out of that? Yep. Agreed. You know, like it's, they are not playing Devon Taves and Sam Gerrard the whole game. Even if they play them half of the game, that's another half of the game that you have Ryan Graves, Jacob McDonald and Dan Renault. Yeah. That are that are playing minutes for you, like Greg it's Patterson just, too last night. Yeah, yeah, and well, yeah, Greg Patterson last night, Connor Timmons before that, and it's just 
and I do think that it's something worth talking about. And, and this goes from the top to the bottom of the Avs lineup. They're playing team defense. It's not just the defensemen. Yeah. Their forwards are much more committed this year than we've seen them to that defensive side of the puck. Yeah. And, you know, you're not expecting the world out of guys like Miko Ranton and in the defensive zone, but you've seen those plays where Miko's hustling back on the back check to help break yeah. up a play, things like I mean, that. A guy like – all you're asking for from these guys is honest effort. Yep. You know, and if, if, you, if they're giving an honest effort, like – Ultimately, that's all you really ever ask for from anybody, right? If a guy's not, if a guy's not good enough, then he's just not good enough. But right. if he's working hard and he's he's doing what he can to his ability, you just kind of live with those results. Yep. And you know, they don't need Caleb Jones. Why would they need Caleb Jones? I don't know. They don't need a defenseman. They really. Yep. Despite my despite my pounding the table for Matias at home, it's, <laughs> it's kind of tongue in cheek. Uh, really, though, like they're this is what's what's frustrating is that this is a good hockey team that should be great, and I think that's that's what every that's what everybody is frustrated about yeah, I, is and, that they're, they're in a they're in a position to just uh, and that frustration is fair to a certain extent right i think everybody knows at their peak this team has more to give but there's also a conversation that uh, we have this conversation particularly with goalies all the time don't peak too early yeah well i'm and again like i look at minnesota uh you look at minnesota and you're like is this can the they, best stretch of hockey that they it? play? Yeah, exactly. And when they look back on their season, they're going to look back and like warmly remember. February. Remember the end, of, the end of February, <laughs> beginning of March, we were really good. And it was like, oh, yeah, that was 35 games ago. You know, like it's, I don't know. It's it's interesting. And I, I guess that's the conversation that, Nathan McKinnon coming back into the lineup makes it really hard to see this stretch as anything but the floor for this hockey team. Yeah, I mean, oh man, that losing Nathan like no McKinnon, McCarr, McKinnon affects well, it too, but McKinnon is like their like the heart of what they do. The same way where if you take out Connor McDavid from Edmonton, you know, they're just not the same. Sure, Leon Dreisaitl is still there, but they're not the same. The Avs stylistically modeled their entire offense off of the archetype of Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. Like, you wanted a team with high-end skating ability. You wanted a team that could just boat race teams. And that's what they've done. And, you know, over the last couple of years, they've also added pieces. They've had Landis Cog that aren't the same type of player, but that work well alongside those type of players. Yeah, they're they're good compliments. Yeah. And when you take the literal keystone piece out of the puzzle. <laughs> yeah, it's it, tough. And, like, we really haven't talked a lot about the impact of these injuries on the show. We don't really get too much yeah. into the injuries. Because, look, you're dealt a hand in life, as as we all are. Like we're we're dealt a hand that we have to make do with, and it's there's nothing any of these guys can do. Sit around and, and like making excuses and whining about it. It's not going to do any good. You just you just have to get back to work. You have to grind it out. And last night they deserved a better fate. Two nights ago. Three, I guess now three nights ago, the Anaheim one, you can't say that they deserved a better fate. Hunter Miska is part of the team. Yep. And Andre well, Burakovsky is part of the team. Miko <laughs> Rantanen. Like, there was a lot of blame to go around the collapse against Anaheim. I don't know where any blame goes last night. That's the other part of this, I think, is despite all the injuries <laughs> outside of the San Jose blowout and maybe the Minnesota blowout. The Avs have been competitive as hell with all the injuries that they've had. They yeah. took games off of Las Vegas. 
with significant injuries to their forward core. Yeah, and in both of the blowouts too, you remember those those were those were one goal games in the third period. Yep. It was two to three or three to two yeah. in the third period. It was very much a hockey game until the Avs let it slip away from them a little bit. Yeah, those are two games that got away from them. There has not been a game. I, I don't know. I think it's really the first game of the season against St. Louis and then the shutout against Vegas. Yep. In Denver for the those, fourth game of the of that series. Those are the two games where you can look at and you can say, they just got their ass kicked. They were never really in it. Yeah. Yeah. They just got their ass kicked those two nights. And they split both of those series. So yeah. it was like they got their ass kicked, but ultimately they came out of those series okay. And, and <sighs> again, I'm actually curious. I, I haven't delved dove dove into this topic too much to the to the people that listen to the podcast to the people that are a bit more pessimistic on the abs i where do you believe the floor for this team is if this isn't the floor where is the floor for this hockey team missing the playoffs you see it in our chat every night so i just don't i don't see how the abs can miss the playoffs unless all of a sudden, you know, McKinnon isn't healthy anymore. And yeah, then, look, if Nathan McKinnon was out the rest of the season yeah, and everything else, it's a very else, different conversation. Everything else is exactly the same. I missing the play, missing the playoffs. I think is becomes in question. But with Nathan McKinnon, I even without Kale McCarr, I'm sorry, yeah. but we like yes, Kale McCarr is an important part of the piece. I think Kale McCarr is the type of player that takes this team from good to great. Yep. But we've seen Devon Taves and Sam Gerrard have stepped up to the point where you're like, they're just not missing Kale McCarr the way that we thought they were going to. We didn't put Sam Gerrard on our Western all-star team. And he immediately said, you should have done that. Yeah. (laughs) Instant regret from both of us. Yeah. (laughs) But I just don't, I'm not, I'm not that concerned about them missing the playoffs. They have yet to have an under 500 stretch, uh, an an extended stretch of games. They've had a stretch where they've had one two-game losing streak. This is their second right now. Kind of their second, but with a with an overtime game involved in it. Yeah, you got to one two two things that I would I would like to remind people of that kind of get lost in the regular season conversations. One. They're not playing for the Stanley Cup right now. The Stanley Cup is not something that you can win right now. You don't yep. win it by doing anything regular season related. Okay? All they're playing for is to make the postseason. You cannot win the Stanley Cup right now. Nothing that happens in the regular season dictates you winning a Stanley Cup. Okay? And number number two, you don't get to the postseason with wins. You get to the postseason with points. They don't count wins in the standings. They count points. That's where it starts. It, you could you could have a 56-point season this year and lose every single game, and it, you would be right in the heart of the playoff hunt. It's, I do think this homestand is important. I do think the Avs it's hugely important. pretty badly need to win the next couple of games. But in a world where the Avs lose the next two games that they play, as far as points percentage is concerned, they're still in the playoffs in the Western Division, even if they lose their next two, they which would make this a four-game losing streak. Arizona, they have two games in hand on and are a point ahead of. L.A., they have a game in hand on and are two points ahead of. Anaheim, they're ridiculously far ahead of in every imaginable way, and same thing with San Jose. So when you actually dive into the points percentage, the games in hand the Avs have – and the situation in the division, the Avs aren't close to falling out of the playoff picture. It's not something that's realistically on the table. And you I know, mean, even if they even if they fall into fifth place in both of those categories, it's not like they're getting smoked. Right. It's not like they're so far behind they can't make up ground. Especially because every single game is a four point game. I saw somebody earlier commented that the Avs found a way to lose an important game last night 
because it was the difference between having a five-point lead on Arizona and a one-point lead on Arizona. That's every single night, brother. Yep. Every single night. If the Avs win this next game against Arizona. (laughs) You only play division games. That's every single – that is just the reality. They went one and one in the Anaheim Anaheim series, and both teams had three points. Yep. Like – and if you walk out of every two-game series with three points, you're doing well for yourself. You don't care what the other team does. Yep. It's just you have to accrue points is how they calculate who who does this and who does that. Tiebreakers get down into wins, of course. But even then, you look where the Avs are, they're better off than some of their competitors. I, the Avs? They have of- more regulation wins than Arizona, Minnesota, and St. Louis. Because those teams, those teams are feasting off of overtime wins. Yeah, and the only one of those teams that has more rows is Minnesota by one. Yeah, I mean Vegas. Vegas has one more regulation win than the Abs, but they've got sixteen rows. The Abs only have thirteen. Vegas, another team that is feasting off of winning games in overtime. In overtime. So like you're talking some of this, a little, a little bit of this is smoke and mirrors from the teams in front of them. And certainly Colorado's inability to get into overtime consistently like those other teams is a problem. It's been a problem for the last couple of years, basically under Jared Bednar. Yep. They have never been a team to get to overtime very often, which that's good because it means they're not giving up very many third period leads, but it's bad because it means they're also never coming back. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's, there's a story, there's both sides of the story, right? Yes. Look, I don't think the Avs are in as bad a spot as a lot of people think, but it also could be significantly better. Yeah. I mean, you, you throw, you take, let's say three games that really stick out to me. Let's say four games, to be honest, four games, uh, that stick out to me. The LA game where they had the two, nothing LA game. Yep. The John Gibson game. Yep. The last night's game. Yep. And then the Anaheim game three nights ago. Where they were up 4-2. Yeah. Four of them. Those are the four games that I would that I would I, I would say if, if they could have them back, those are the ones you want back. Even you take half and of you take the overtime game, turn it into a win, and you take last night's game. Just Take two of them, turn them into wins. That's three points for the Avs. And they're sitting at 31 points. They're one point back of St. Louis with three games in hand. They're two Mm -hmm. points back of Vegas. Vegas does have a game in hand there, but they're right there at the top of the division. Yeah. So margins are thin on that end of things. Uh, We can take our second period break there as we are brought to you guys by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. It's college basketball betting season. When you are a new member signed up with code DNVR, you can bet $4 to win yourself $256 when picking an underdog. Pick any underdog that you got a good feeling about in college basketball games this week, and you can win a ton of money for virtually no risk just four dollars to jump in on it and get your chance to win why not jump on it if basketball's not your thing they have amazing bets all over the place right now betting on val nachushkin would have earned you a lot of money over the past <laughs> week to score a goal so you know if you got a good feeling about a hockey player let her rip and uh cash in big time on that front you can bet on pro basketball you can bet on pretty much any sport under the sun if you're into something crazy you can bet on is there bicycle cycling? Is that a thing that happens in, in March? I don't know. They have cycling bets, but they might just be futures for like the Tour de France. I don't actually know anything about cycling, but I could bet on it if I wanted to at DraftKings Sportsbook. So head on over there. Again, use code DNVR when you sign up to get that $4 for a shot at $256. They also have other amazing odds boosts every single day. Cannot recommend them enough. Be sure to get the app as well. Super easy to use from your phone. Jump on it. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Bonuses comprised of a first deposit bonus and first bet match, as well as other terms and conditions depending on your bonus. 
deposits require 25x playthrough restrictions do apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 third period of the dnvr avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings sportsbook aj what up yo how do you value nathan mckinnon in the nhl right now because people can talk about it whatever they want he's not the mvp of the league this year he won't be top five he's not part of the conversation but i think there's an argument that he's the best player in the western division um He's got stiff competition this year, just given how things have gone. For sure. It's, it's, um, Mark he Stone might not. and Andre, Andre Kopitar and Mark Stone have both been freaking awesome. Yep. So, I, I guess, how would you put it that despite him not being in their MVP conversation, that doesn't take anything away from how important he is to the abs, right? There is no. There is no replacement for him in Colorado. It, putting Kadri on the top line will get you by in the immediate. Yeah, they're but surviving. Exactly. That's that's the word I guess I should use. Is the Avs just survive without Nathan McKin- Nathan McKinnon in their forward core? Yeah. So, <laughs> I I don't think anyone is understating how important McKinnon is to this team around the, the avalanche verse. But I also think people might not understand truly just how important he is to the hockey team. Yeah. I mean, a few weeks ago, I suggested that somebody go watch another team for a couple weeks, just to get a feel for what it's like when you're not so invested in every single second of avalanche hockey. Right. I still think that's a good idea. Go watch another team for a couple yeah. of weeks and 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 like just get a feel for how other teams day in and day out operate and stop thinking the abs are so special in everything that they do. AJ is if you if you take away Kopitar out of LA, are the Kings even competitive anymore? That's you've said with this theory in the past, you said go watch a good team like Boston or Tampa Bay. And yeah. see how it happens with them. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say Avs fans need a little bit of LFR magic. All right. You want to feel good about Colorado. Go watch a couple of games of Detroit. Go watch a couple games of Ottawa. And come back and you'll be like, boy, <laughs> I'm sure glad the Avs aren't that. Yeah. I mean, also true. Like there are some, there are some, just some bad teams. Yep. But every, even the good teams, you know, part of what made Tampa Bay's run to the cup last year remarkable was that they did it without Steven Stamkos. Yep. You know, when the Avs won the cup in 2001, part of it, part of what was remarkable is that there was no, no Peter, Peter Forsberg. And it's, you know, Stamkos arguably not the best player on that hockey team when they won the cup. I, probably not even arguably. I don't think he was the best player on that hockey team. But, still a key key piece and they were able to do it anyway. Yeah. So it's McKinnon. They miss yeah. McKinnon more than Way they miss Kale McCarr. McCarr. Way more than McCarr. Like I, look, a year ago that may not have been entirely true, but the addition of Devon Taves and Sam Gerard means that they just have they they have a top pairing that they can lean on. And, the you know, when we talked about last year's Avs team, the number one thing that I felt they were missing was a true top defensive pairing. They yeah. just didn't have that pairing that they could just throw out and... Well, that's the thing. In any situation, right? And it turns out that that pairing is Sam Gerrard and Devon Taves. Yeah. And I mean, just... They didn't have that pairing that they could just throw at all situations and say... Like, keep us afloat here. Yeah. And now, now that they do, you know, McKinnon. I think McKinnon's importance just gets a little bit. He's unique. Yeah. In that regard, uh, I 
I didn't bring this up curiously, but we can bring up Nathan McKinnon's impacts at five on five here. We do have that graphic. Uh, I just want to show, essentially, it shows that McKinnon, the Avs score at more than half a goal expected higher with McKinnon at five on five, as opposed to without him. Uh, This is compared to Kale McCarr. I'm not going to bring him up because we didn't have him ready, but McCarr with him, the Avs score at 2.69 expected goals for per 60. Without him, it's 2.44. So... McKinnon has a statistically significantly bigger, more impact on the abs offense than Kale McCarr does. Yeah. Yeah. Which is one of those like funny, almost like dirty secrets of, of abs fandom. Yep. Is that like you watch Kale McCarr and you're like, wow, this guy's great. But then you look at some of the underlying numbers and his defensive metrics are better than his offensive metrics. Yep. His yeah. ability, his his defensive suppression beats the the play driving that we think of that that we tend to give him credit for that doesn't always exist. But with McKinnon, it exists. Yeah, there's no denying at a, at a truly elite level. It's it's massive. Oh, God, it, why why is this? Why the obsession with Landeskog? With and without McKinnon, the the numbers without McKinnon are going to be so small. Yeah, the, but you remember that he had a whole career before Nathan McKinnon showed up. He won a Calder Trophy all on his own. <laughs> he didn't have Nathan McKinnon when he won a Calder Trophy. He's been a sixty-five point guy his entire career, and he didn't play next to Nathan McKinnon for a lot of it. Gabe Landeskog has proven himself to be a quality NHL player away from Nathan McKinnon. Now, is he going to be a 30-goal guy ever again without Nathan McKinnon? No. I don't think he's ever going to be a 30-goal guy again with Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. I just This obsession with Landeskog this year is so weird to me. <laughs> I Look, the Avs, particularly a healthy Avalanche top six offense, they have six players that are completely capable individually. And the magic of putting Nathan McKinnon in the lineup isn't just that Nathan McKinnon is so, so, so good himself. It's that his existence simply makes all of those guys better. By a long shot. Yeah. You you saw last night against Arizona where they were completely selling out on Miko and his one-timer from the circle and forcing him down in deep. Nathan McKinnon's on the ice. You can't do that. You can't double commit to Miko. You have to respect Nathan McKinnon's ability to cut to the middle of the ice. Yeah, I mean, go ahead and do that. Right. <laughs> Pick your poison there, basically. <laughs> like, go ahead and have two guys shade over to try and block his one-timer and just see how it goes. Yep. Like, I'm not I'm not too worried about all of the injuries the rest of the the rest of this uh like around the rest of the roster, but McKinnon and McCarr have to be, I mean, they have to be healthy. Yeah. That it's, <laughs> they're arguably the two most important players on the team, at least offensively. Maybe you throw rant into that conversation too, but it <laughs> teams lose key pieces, but you can't lose them forever. <laughs> And and that's why this is so important that McKinnon's coming back and hopefully can stay healthy. McCarr, you know, we'll see. Bednar said it wasn't a setback with McCarr today. They just don't know. We yeah, well, and then he went on to basically back. say, I don't give a shit about the injuries. When a yeah. guy's healthy, then he'll, he'll be in play. the lineup. Yep. Otherwise, I'm not worried about it. On one hand, admirable. Like, you deal with what you got. His focus, yep. his focus is a completely on what they have, not worrying about what they don't have. That's a good and positive attitude and a a good mentality to have for a head coach. It just is. From a media perspective, it's incredibly annoying because it doesn't do us any good. It would just be nice for the organization to give us accurate timelines on when guys, we can reasonably expect guys to be ready. We've heard on three different occasions, we've been told that Makar was close in the last week. And then it was last night. It was oh well. Now McKinnon is 
the only guy that I expect back anytime soon. And we just have no idea. Yep. And the reality is they'll be back when they're back. And unless it's a case like McKinnon where his return is in, imminent, it doesn't matter. that The injured players have no impact on how the Avs win tomorrow night. So, yeah. I mean, Nathan McKinnon will be back, and that should be enough Yep, for them to get by Arizona. I mean, they should have gotten by Arizona last night. Yeah. But again, you run back the how the game played out last night, and you take it 10 times out of 10. You throw McKinnon into the mix, and you take it 100 times out of 100. Yeah. It, the Avs are capable of winning without McKinnon at times. They're capable of winning with McKinnon, certainly. And that's the focus moving forward. If he's back, if he's back in the lineup, then okay. You expect to, to win? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, last night's game was annoying because there just wasn't anything that they right. did wrong. Well, you can't. There wasn't anything for us to peel apart. There weren't. There weren't major defensive breakdowns. And like Bender after the game was like, "Look, we didn't handle those situations perfectly." And it's like, buddy. <laughs> you don't handle any situation perfectly. If you can see the future, I guess that Gerard probably wouldn't have tipped that puck. But yeah, like... well, and, and if if you really have a problem, if you're nitpicking on that that play, and like, of course, you always want to get better. It's a bad read from Gerard. He makes the wrong read. Yep. And he needs to be cutting down the the Royal Road Pass. Yep. Like, just let Grubauer handle the shot. Yeah, and focus on focus on that passing lane. Like, damn. But otherwise, it's just like last night. Last night, you just don't have anything to really to really complain about. Two nights ago against Anaheim, that wasn't the case. Yeah, they outplayed the Ducks. They should have beaten the Ducks. They made a. There were a lot of self inflicted wounds along the way to get to the result that they got. Painful penalties and missed opportunities to make saves that just killed them yeah yeah those losses are nothing the same nothing alike outside of they got a point in the game that they maybe didn't deserve to versus get they got they didn't get any points last night where they they thrashed arizona yep so is this the part where we say that's hockey It is, man. Like, and what sucks and it's the reason why we have people in the chat every day who say that we're too optimistic or we're too big of believers, or we're abs fanboys, or whatever bullshit they want to throw our way. Because, like, look, we're paid to talk about, are these guys good? You and I both, to our cores, believe this is a good hockey team that is going to easily make the postseason when all is said and done. Yep. And then whatever happens from there will happen. I don't know what happens once they make the postseason. Maybe all these people are right, and they get smoked in the first round. Maybe they win two or three rounds. Maybe they win the whole thing. We don't know what happens from there. But the the two of us pretty strongly believe this is a good enough team to comfortably make the postseason, yeah. and anything less is absolutely a disappointment. Yeah. But you're also, like, where we are right now, we're balancing you- the fact that, yes, the Avs have had a slower start than we would have anticipated, but that they're still in a good position. The Avs... Those are two things that are allowed to be true at the same time. The Avs haven't missed a playoffs yet. And we on this podcast are building the mountain of evidence of why we don't think they're going to miss the playoffs. Yeah. You're... Everyone is well within their rights to think that the Avs might miss the playoffs this year. If that's what you think, power to you. You can believe that. I just don't agree with you. Yeah, pretty simple. I think it's as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look like there are, there are plenty of pock marks on the team. The two of us aren't sitting here blaming injuries and saying that's the only reason that the abs are where they are. One, we've never said that. We're never going to say that because players have to go out and actually play the games. And that's what you judge the results on. But there are also things on the team right now that are going, that are going a lot better than the results are indicating. There are some things that are going to go the other way. We said that the penalty kill was due to start to come back to earth. 
And people were like, no, that unit is fine. And guess what? It's coming back to Earth. Yeah. I think giving up three power play goals in a row is a little much, but it's come that unit is going to come back to somewhere where the underlying numbers don't lie. Data doesn't lie. Yep. And you could look at you could look at all the fancy stats in the world and you could be like, I'm so tired of hearing about this. All that matters is whether they win or they lose. But these are numbers, these are the best numbers that exist that are predictive of future success. You have to do the right things to get the right results consistently. Now, on an any given night, we have nights like last night. Yep. Where a team does all the right things and it blows up in their face and they don't get the result that they want. But if they have the kind of process that they had last night in 100 straight games, they will win 90 of them. This is – that theory is why they play seven-game series in the playoffs. Is So if the Avs play seven games like that one, Arizona doesn't win a series. They maybe win a game. Maybe they even win two. But they're not going to win four if the numbers Straight all look like that. Straight up. They're not going to, yeah, straight up. I mean, it's not, it feels like everybody is panicking because they're off to an okay start. A, a start that other teams would kill for. Be perfectly happy to take. Yep. I don't know that we're in kill for territory, but like if you're San Jose, would you rather be San Jose or Colorado? Like, obviously, you'd rather be Colorado. Even Anaheim, I, you'd be, of course you'd rather be I, them. I think Buffalo would kill for the Ev start. It's not so. This 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 comment right here is they're losing too many games that they shouldn't lose because they're better team. The trending they haven't lost a series yet, friend. Not one series this entire year have they really lost. I guess except for the LA series. No, they they won even those even games. that's five hundred. Yeah, yeah. So they have yet to lose an actual series this year against any team. Yep. Tomorrow will be a, a a chance for them too, but we'll see how it goes. So this whole, like, the Avs are losing too many games and yada, 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 like, they've, they've, we identified four games already out of the first, how many have they played? I really have got to figure it out. 23. Yeah. So we identified four games out of the first 23 that, that probably could have been flipped pretty easily the other way. Too many games. Like, yeah, okay. That's just under a fifth of those games. Yep. That that could have had different results. That's meaningful. I mean, those are, I think that's six. I think that's six points that they that they need to that, that they could have had go in their favor. Yeah, that's the difference between them that's being in the playoffs number. and leading the Western Division. Yeah, that's a significant number. It is absolutely, but <laughs> there is a middle ground, right? It's never that the sky is falling or the abs are on top of the world. It, there's it's somewhere in the gray middle area. Yeah. You have to, you, you, it's not all black and white, right? There are good things and there are bad things at all times. This isn't the 48 point season where nothing goes right. Yeah. So take a little bit of salt with your sugar, I guess or take a little bit of sugar with your salt in this case, since we're talking about Av's losses. Um, it, it, I, I struggle with the roller coaster sometimes. And it feels like everybody's on Nazem Kadri's wild ride right now, where you have no idea what you're going to get on any given night. Yeah, definitely. Look, and if if the Avs go two and one every every three games, and they never win, they never win three games in a row, and they just go two and one, and two and one, and two and one, they they have a very good chance to to push for the division title. Yep, I think I don't. I don't know how many different ways we can say the abs are fine. So we have to end this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, days off have become even harder than ever because there isn't much else to say. Yep. Uh, yeah. So be sure to like, and subscribe to the video. Uh, if you do disagree with us, feel free to put your comment down. Uh, if you're not live, if not in the live chat, throw it down on the comments in YouTube. We do always read all of those. So, 
Yeah, the results the results haven't been as good as they should have been, and I feel like everybody can agree on that. Yeah, the degrees to where we all move from there, you know, your mileage may vary. Exactly right. So we're gonna get out of here on that note. Be sure to check out all our other content. Uh, I summed up last night's hockey game in a two and a half minute video, which I think put things pretty well. I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> There's not I much. To I went to bed right after, but I'm excited to go back and watch. <laughs> Is it what we talked about? Pretty much. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm excited to watch it now. So, yeah, check that out. Check out AJ and Evan's written pieces, all of that stuff. You didn't hear it from me, but there are more shirts coming soon. There may have been a post-podcast discussion last night about a day-to-day shirt. <laughs> maybe. Maybe not. So, you know, go pester Blaze for that one. Anyway. Thank you again for watching. We appreciate all of you, whether you consume it live on YouTube, which we recommend, or if you're listening to it on the podcast, we love you guys as well. Until next time, have a good rest of your day.